Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts Zay, Young Vander, and Broja. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed your week. I hope you're ready for all the football news that's about to come your way. We have a hell of a show for you today. Quite a bit going on in the business of football as well. We're going to throw out our breakouts for this coming year. Yes, I know it's a little early. Situations will change based on drafts and free agencies and things of that nature, but it's never too early to start getting in your mind's eye what you think is going to pan out for the upcoming year as far as fantasy is concerned. With that being said, I'm Zay, your favorite fantasy football fiend. As always, I got my boy, Young Vander. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy fiends, what's going on out there? And my homie, Bro Joe. Holla at the people, Bro Joe. What's going on, fantasy fiend family? So there's a ton of news to get to. And like I said, we're going to get to the breakouts as well. We're going to go ahead and get you started with your news. All right, guys, in no particular order of importance, just kind of going by the timing in which the information is being put out. Number one on the docket is Rashard Penny is wanted back in Seattle. Right now, head coach Pete Carroll is saying that he wants to re-sign him. I think this is kind of one of those, you know, I spent a first on him, and if I get rid of him, once he's finally had a healthy year, it's going to look that much worse on me. So I think this is Pete Carroll kind of being in his own way a little bit. The pride kicking in, if you will. But looks like Rashad Penny is going to stay in Seattle. Bro, Joe, I know that's your squad. You got anything on this one? Yeah, I felt like with him, it was more or less we couldn't afford to give him a fifth-year option because he was injured most of the time. But now that he's kind of – proving his upside and what he was capable of when we first thought to draft him, we can give him a comparable uh, contract without having to pay all the bucks. That's, it's more affordable at the end of the day. Uh, me, myself, not surprised here. I mean, who else are you going to go to? Carson? I mean, yeah, so, touche. I mean, he I might think, not even be back with that neck injury. Yeah, that's kind of be great ending. I think Penny definitely proved when given opportunity and carries that he, he does well. I mean, we've seen that the, the last quarter of the season, so – you have Aaron Rodgers still in the football news. Right now, it's indicating that they're trying to work out a contract. He should have a decision made, hopefully, by March the 16th. The new league year will start on March the 19th, and most of the moves that you're going to see will start ramping up because you kind of want to already have a spot open for that guy that you might want to go after, and you might want to already have the money for the guy you want to go after. A lot of moves are going to be made in the next couple of weeks, but right now, Aaron Rodgers is still undecided. Case Keenum's future has uh, been decided, and it won't be with the Browns. We'll see where that lands him, but Case Keenum, in my opinion, is if, let's say, a team like the Broncos doesn't get their guy. I know he's been there already, but he's better than Drew Locke, and he's better than Bridgewater, and Bridgewater is a free agent as well, so they may need a little bit of help in that QB room. 
Richard Higgins not expected back with Cleveland. So it looks like Cleveland is going to have to find themselves some wide receivers. So I can see them being active in the rookie wide receiver market and possibly the free agent wide receiver market as well. We have Michael Gallup, who is reportedly close to re-signing with the Cowboys. Also, you have Amari Cooper, who's reportedly close to being released by the Cowboys. So that was quite a turn of events. Earlier on in the year, it seemed as if Michael Gallup was going to be the guy to be going, but it looks like he can be had at a much lower price than what Amari Cooper is going to require. If Amari Cooper stayed with the Cowboys, he would have had a $20 million cap hit this year. So it looks like the Cowboys option for wide receiver two is going to be Michael Gallup with Lamb being the number one. Staying in the vein with the Cowboys, right now they're deciding whether or not they're going to franchise Dalton Schultz, their tight end, with Blake Jarwin currently out and looking like he's not going to be ready for the start of the 2022 season, and they definitely use that tight end position quite a bit. So there's uh, several things going on with the Cowboys. I know some of you may be wondering, you know, isn't it normally the running backs that gets the axe and Zeke's cap hit, as I want to say, right around the same as Cooper's. But the thing is, the dead cap would be much worse for Zeke. So you'd be paying for him and him not being there versus Cooper. You just kind of, you know, letting them go so you don't have to pay for Quite a bit going on with the Cowboys. What you guys got there? Uh, me personally, um, I wouldn't bring Gallup back. Uh, I know Mark Cooper, he should be going just because of the, you know, the cap number and all that. But Gallup, I mean, he's coming for ACL. He's already played, what, four seasons. We've seen, I mean, he's okay. But I think in this free agency, there's a couple guys. I think I can get that same Gallup style production from if you like a uh, Smith-Schuster. Even Chark or someone like that. I don't think it's a huge gap between a Chark and a, and a Gallup. So, I think Robbie Anderson would be in that same vein too. You know what I mean? So, I, I me personally, he's okay, but he's just not my cup of tea. So, I would actually let both of them go and then bring in another guy to pair with uh, CD Lamb. Honestly, it don't make sense, but at the same time, definitely gonna let somebody take Dak Prescott this year. Without Amari, Dak doesn't become Dak. Period. Does that depend on what happens in the offseason as far as who they bring in? Or do you think, regardless of who the new face may be, that it's going to be a bit of a step back? You'd have to bring in an elite wide receiver. I like C.D. Lamb. But C.D. Lamb's success was predicated on the coverage and the ability of my uh, of Amari Cooper. He can get there in a few more years. He He's going to become that, uh, that elite wide receiver. But we've seen, if it comes down to Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb, when the game is on the line, Dak was going to Amari 10 out of 10. Like, Lamb doesn't rise to the occasion. So I don't think he's quite yet there, but I know he'll get there in a couple years. But we don't got that kind of time in daily fantasy. We have Cole Beasley, who has been given permission to seek a trade. So it looks like the Bills are looking to make some moves on their offense. Now, Cole Beasley is 32 years old, and he was hurt quite a bit this year. So that may have something to do with it, not wanting to pay someone who may not necessarily be there. But the Bills are going to be active as far as their offense. I can see them picking up a wide receiver as well as a running back in this offseason to kind of be able to compete with the Kansas Cities of the world because right now that's really one of their only peers, if you will, in the AFC. Unfortunately, I can't put my team up there with that trio anymore, at least for a year or two. But it looks like, you know, they're going to need to make a couple of moves just to be able to withstand the offensive juggernauts that they will see 
in their road to deep in the playoffs. And I'm thinking possibly even a Super Bowl appearance sometime in the next year or two. We also have uh, Michael Thomas. He is on track to return. So it doesn't look like his injury is going to derail him any further. He'll be able to get back to where he needs to be in the offseason. We have Odell Beckham Jr., who's likely to have a November return. So we were talking about the expectations as far as the return for Odell and how it would make sense or possibly wouldn't make sense based on the Rams' current situation. And it looks like they are all in as far as trying to go after Odell. And it looks like that's where he may want to be as well. So maybe a, a marriage made in heaven. Uh, you know, they're still on the, the honeymoon hangover from the Super Bowl. So now is normally the best time to get some of those guys in there and get them to sign a piece of paper saying they're willing to accept less money just based on the nostalgia of getting that ring on their finger still wanting to be a part of the team when the ring ceremony comes around etc it looks like odell may be a ram for his foreseeable future i know you guys were saying that you thought that that was a great fit and with him coming back in november does that change your opinion at all no not at all because i mean robert wood should be back yeah absolutely. so it's just a you know an interchangeable type thing i mean let's just be clear without odell the rams don't win the super bowl this year i mean that's just a fact we all know he loves L.A. He loves that lifestyle. He has a home there. I just think it's a perfect fit. I think as the, the season progressed, it, him and Matthew Stafford started to get on page, you know, especially you see it more in the playoffs. So I think it's a, probably a better fit for him. You got DK Metcalf with his foot procedure. It's believed that he had a screw removed from his left foot and they fixed the surgery that he had a couple of years ago. That was the reason that he kind of had a bit of a, a, a down year, if you will. He was still having foot issues from the surgery that he had two years ago. Maybe DK Metcalf, some of the, the luster has kind of you know waned from him, and that may be a guy that you can possibly go after or get in drafts this year a little bit later than his talent would dictate. But it looks like he should be on the right path to be good to go to be 100%, at least at the start of the season. We'll see how that goes. I know if Russell Wilson is still around, um, he's definitely, that's definitely news to his ears. So um, we have Baker Mayfield. Cleveland at this point is stating he will definitely be the 2022 starter. Um, this kind of feels like one of those, you know, I tried to see if I can do better than you, but since I couldn't, I'm pledging my allegiance and my alliance with you. I still don't think any better of Baker Mayfield. Now, granted, you know, he did have significant non-throwing shoulder, uh, non-throwing shoulder injury. He did have surgery on that shoulder. Even prior to that injury, he just wasn't my cup of tea. Wish him the best of luck. We'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, he's definitely going to have new receivers, and that should probably make it a little bit more difficult than what it was with having the rapport that you had with the receivers prior, and they didn't do all that well. So I know Joe will talk about Donovan Peoples. Donovan Peoples-Jones. Donovan Peoples-Jones, yeah. I, I, know, I know that's one of your guys, and you'll talk about him a little bit later, but he may be the only guy that Baker Mayfield has any rapport with outside of his tight end that he's now playing with in the pros that he played with in college in that of Hooper. So we'll see how that goes. Sterling Shepard has been asked to take a pay cut with the Giants. Whether or not he's going to do that, we'll see. He's coming off of that Achilles injury. So that pay cut may end up paying him around what the going rate would be anyway. So we'll see how much his heart is in New York or whether or not he'll just take, you know, that pay cut that they're asking him to take elsewhere. A.J. Brown, who's in preliminary extension talks, along with T.Y. Hilton, um, also being in preliminary extension talks. So we'll see how those go. 
J.K. Dobbins, a name that we didn't call very much at all this year due to his injury. He's progressing towards return. They're very confident that he is going to have a full comeback and that he's really going to flourish this year. We'll get into J.K. Dobbins a little bit later as well. Rob Gronkowski is on the Buffalo Bills radar. So although they had a breakout tight end in that of Dawson Knox, they are looking at bringing in Rob Gronkowski to be the cherry on top of their Sunday, if you will. Makes sense in that he's not only a tight end, but he would be one of the best blockers that you could have on your O-line. And not only that, but it would kind of crush the spirit of the Patriot Nation. I'm going to be honest with you. It's, it's one thing for you to go, for you to follow Tom Brady to the Bucks, But uh, if you go to the division rival and then we have to see you twice a year, that would be kind of awkward. So we'll see how that goes. Gronk did say he did like the kid Joe Burrow. So I would definitely keep I did my see eye that. open on that. So that, I think that was pretty interesting to say he would like to play with a guy like that. Uh, Gronk is a key. I mean, he's a big key just for his blocking. I think people don't realize how good of a blocker he is. And for teams that want uh, a really reliable tight end, man, I think a lot of teams should be on the phone, to be honest with you. Oh, ooh, I got a good one. Who that? And I know you sometimes you don't want to see people pile up and things like that. But i always been the type of guy, if I was a GM, wherever my strengths are, I want to make them stronger. You know what I mean? So think about the Kansas City Chiefs if they were to get Gronk. Good Lord. Imagine a two tight end set. (laughs) Imagine a two tight end set with those guys out there. And you talk about an O-line. Silly. They they already repaired their O-line, but to get Gronk on that O-line as well? And have him as your somewhat blocking tight end because Kelsey isn't as close to being as good of a blocker as Gronk. That that would be But can you can you imagine the sets you would see like you're going to go one on one with one of these boys, and it's going to be crazy. Like, but they could do it though because they don't have a whole bunch of receivers. I mean, like, right. they really, they only have right. one receiver to speak of right now. Right, right. They can go on an ace. They can go like two receivers set, two tight end set. You know what I mean? Something like that. One, uh, one running back in the backfield. That would be nuts. They could go two tight end, two running back. That that's their best pass catchers. Mc- McKinnon right. and, and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Are, are much better at catching the ball than Robinson and Hardman. Like, you would you would have no clue where they're going with the ball. Right. That'd be crazy. I think it's worth a look. That's just, that's just the kind of guy I am. I'm like, yeah, I got I got one of the better tight ends in the league. But just, uh, or the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. Those are, those are the two best yeah. blocking tight ends in the league. Him and I Kittle. agree. I agree. So just imagine what Shanahan would do with, 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 with Kyle Jusset, Gronk, <laughs> and, and oh, my God. Jesus. Debo might have the highest rushing yards in the league over running backs at that point. To be honest with you. You know what I'm saying? You already got the best left. You already got the perfect replacement right there waiting. We already got the best left tackle in the game. Yeah. Facts. You know what I mean? Get all the boys moving. It's man, it would be silly. But yeah, that's the kind of mind I got though. I would I would max out, you know. We have uh Saquon Barkley who is on the block. But nobody's paying very much attention to him. The New York Giants said they would be willing to part ways with just about anyone if the deal made sense. But apparently the offers that they're getting for Saquon Barkley right now, they don't feel make sense. The last offer that I heard of, they didn't say by which team, but the beat writer was indicating that the highest offer they've been given thus far is a 2023, not 2022, but a 2023 fourth round pick. Um, Mm. Yeah. That, that tells you people's current confidence level in Saquon, which is why the Giants right now are considered to keep him because you're kind of better off holding them, kind of 
letting people see what he has in the tank maybe for a few weeks prior to the trade deadline and then maybe getting rid of him. They I would did. give up a second. You would give up a second? This year, hell yeah. If I'm the Ravens, you damn right. No, hell no. JK going to come back. The, 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 I, don't, I, I don't care who coming back. The Ravens are one of the last teams that need him actually. Why? Because they, they, they got just had a, it, they, they just, got JK Dobbins. They just had a carousel of guys this year. They didn't have I anybody know. either. I'm not I'm not gonna go get several starting running backs because the people got hurt last year. They have their running backs. It, it's nah. just a, I, I've never seen that many running backs get hurt at the same time. So that, that was a matter of service. Out of those running backs they have, how many better than Saquon? JK Dobbins. Yeah, Dobbins is up there, bro. He's, he's not freak. better than Saquon. Yes, he is. He's a freak, bro. That, yes, he is. He's not he better. Than at, he what has he shown that he's better than Saquon? You talking about but you you sitting here going to what could be? What has he shown? We're talking about what could be with Barkley. He's he's no 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 no. You actually you seen know. you actually seen him do things. What have you, you seen J.K. Dobbins do? Did did you not watch football year before last? Because he was in the three headed monster and was still putting up RB one numbers. Yeah, it's like with JK, you can't we can't make the argument because he really does share a lot of touches with people. But the t- it's it's almost like Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, we know to me, no question, Nick Chubb is probably the best, the best the best player in football. But he don't he still get capable carries to hunt. But that's Same what I'm with, with JK. JK is, is a beast. That nigga's nasty. That's cool, but JK gotta share the rock. He's not gonna be it's not gonna be no one headed monster in, in Baltimore. But I would it, have it's not supposed with, to be though. Cool, right. So I can go with Barkley and Dobbins as my running backs. Nah, Gus Edwards, Gus Edwards has one of the highest yards per carry. Look at the numbers. Gus Edwards has one of the highest. Listen, hold on, bro. I was the one that was arguing for Gus Edwards in, on this show uh shows back. Trust me. But Gus Edwards is doing that also as the third man the whole time he's been in Baltimore. He's been the third man. I didn't say cut all them boys, but I'll go with those three guys right there. Why not? You already a running team. You run the ball eighty percent of the time. You want to have as many fresh bodies and many people you can put in there as, as as you can. And I will go again, like I just told you in the conversation before with Gronk. I'm the type of guy I'm going to max out my potential. None of these guys are one headed guys. Diamonds is not going to be a one headed guy. Yeah, Gus yeah. is not going. No, he's not. not. Not, not, not. Excuse me. Excuse me. No, no. You're you're right because their, their scheme doesn't call for one. Right. Guy. So why but not break another smart. guy in? Because they don't need Saquon. The amount of money that he would garner and the amount of attention that he would garner is not necessary. The money, that, I don't okay. think the money, the money not gonna be there. He gotta prove he gotta prove some things though. Take advantage now while you can. Cause I mean he, he's not gonna demand a high dollar on the market right now. If you're just saying these guys the highest offer they're getting is a fourth from 23, he's and not they, and, and they won't take it though. That's the thing. Right. So I would give a me personally, there's nobody in this draft I'm picking the second round. That's gonna be better than Saquon Barkley, so I'll go for second for him. I don't, I, I don't, I don't trust his health. I, I think I've seen him hurt more than anything. I else. think the Rams GM just put it this year. People put too much, too much sometimes into these picks, man. Get the. I the, do the, agree with that. Get the players that you know that's gonna play that you know what I'm getting versus what could be. But then we, Jonathan Taylor if, to that same argument. But no, but no, I mean, not really. There's, there's echelon of players that come into the NFL ready to go. At one point, Saquon was a rookie. So I mean, again, there there's some talent there, but we don't have time to address that on the show. But I think if Atlanta should have been the one, if anybody, to fucking be if mm. if somebody was to bang the door, I agree, it would be Atlanta. You know, I agree definitely. They they, they definitely need them a lot more. Um, we have Deshaun Watson right now, who his situation is still up in the air. But there are two teams that 
are still very much interested that are stating that they're interested. And there are probably several more teams that are kind of waiting in the wings to see what the situation works out to be, which his legal situation they're indicating should be worked out within the next few months. Um, and it looks like it's going to end up being a, a settlement. So right now, the Panthers and the Broncos are the two teams that are chomping at the bit for his services. Uh, so we'll kind of see how that ends up going. Uh, one quarterback that isn't going anywhere anytime soon, according to the Raiders, is Derek Carr. Um, they like what they have in him. I can see McDaniels, Josh McDaniels, kind of utilizing his skill set to make um, Hunter Renfro a, a household name. Also, you're definitely going to see a lot of the sets that the Patriots used to use with Gronk. Um, you're going to see that a lot with Waller as well. So that's going to be a pretty intriguing setup offensively for the Las Vegas Raiders. Vander, one of the guys that you were kind of ringing the bell on, kind of the Nostradamus of this particular situation, looks like Mr. Trubisky is a wanted man. Right now, ESPN is reporting that somewhere around four to five teams are currently interested in one Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky services. Not exactly sure where he'll end up, but from the looks of things, he's going to end up somewhere. Some of the teams that are currently on the radar, and I think it's going to just kind of depend on what happened with some of these bigger names, but the Steelers are on the radar. The, uh, looks like the Panthers are on the radar. The Giants are on the radar. The Broncos are on the radar, just to name a few of the teams that are currently looking at them. But Mitch Trubisky looks like he may have a starting job again. Yeah, I mean, it just makes sense. I mean, I kind of seen it a mile away, just like when I came into the league, I see he was on the free agent list. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Let me grab this dude. Again, you see that he what he did in the preseason. We we see what Nagy is, you know, and it's one of the things where you have something like a, a coach, a sabotage a player and kind of like diminish their value. And I think that's what happened with Mitch Trubisky. And we actually seen some of those uh, talents that he had look a lot better in Buffalo even though he didn't start in regular season games like that due to right. Allen. But in the preseason, you just seen some some things there. And right now, there's a lot of teams that's quarterback hungry. Sometimes you might have to reach back in the back and grab somebody that was highly sought after maybe a year or so ago, a couple years ago. And that would be him. I think, like I said before, I think the Giants will be a possible landing spot. I know they got Daniel Jones, but that's not um, Dabble's guy. But do you think that that would be a situation to whereas they only take Trubisky if someone else is willing to take Daniel Jones? Or do you see... Oh, somebody uh, would definitely take Daniel Jones. You say it's four teams in line want Trubisky. It'll be four teams yeah. in line that want Daniel Jones. True, true. The, if uh, the Panthers don't get Watson, they definitely the take commanders, Daniel Jones. The uh, Commanders would take Daniel Jones. Yeah. I think Facts. the Broncos would take Daniel Jones. Facts. I think the Panthers would take Daniel Jones. And hell, I think the Atlanta Falcons would take Daniel Jones to maybe be the, 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 the guy Air that's appear. in the, Right. So there's a couple teams out there that will take Daniel Jones. I wouldn't yeah, be surprised. I, I didn't if even think about him. Atlanta, actually. That, that's an intriguing idea, actually. I didn't even think about Atlanta. I mean, he, he could possibly go this year if they got him, and, and, and Ryan might be on the on and, him. But I think and, his cap hit is stupid, though. If I'm, and at the, if I'm and then again, it's the money. I mean, you can get your biscuit made for, what, $10 million a year? Right. Yeah. That's backup money. Right. <laughs> you <laughs> feel me? So that's other money you can spend on fixing that old line that's where they, they, they're, they're having the issues at. So take some of that money and fix that old line. I would move him and Barkley, to be honest with you, and take that and, money and, and fix they, the They were trying to. It's just yeah. they aren't getting very many buyers. Yeah. So And it was interesting because when the GM, the new GM came in, he some of his statements made it seem like it was ironclad that Daniel Jones was their guy. And it was not Daniel Jones's fault that he was not further along in his progression, but the people that were kind of making decisions around him. So it sounded like they were, you know, 
all rah rah about Daniel Jones, and now it's like, eh, well, we together, but I mean, my options though. Right. <laughs> and, I, and I actually think Daniel Jones has something in the tank. Um, Absolutely. I think on the right team, I think the Broncos would be a great spot for him. I do too. You know what I mean? Great spot. I think he can, because he's sneaky athletic. Um, he throws a pretty good ball. He just like he just been laying on his back a lot. Something like Dave yeah. Carr. You know what I'm saying? We've seen that happen to him. Yep. Who probably would have been a good quarterback in his league, but he could he stayed on his back. So you never really get a chance to see what you really have. These last couple of guys in the news here are both running backs. One is coming off the injury report, and the other is a free agent. So we have Melvin Gordon, who's who wants to be re-signed by all accounts by the Broncos, and it looks like the Broncos want to have him back. They just got to figure out the contract. Jesus. But we, we, are, <laughs> we also have a report that Travis Etienne Jr., of the Jaguars is recovering ahead of schedule. So it looks like that left foot injury that robbed him of his rookie year is under tow now, and he should be good to go this coming year. We'll see how the new coaching staff kind of, you know, wants to utilize him. I think there was a specific job in mind but with Urban Meyer as far as ETN is concerned. And with both he and Robinson coming off of injury, it's going to be interesting to see who the coaches kind of lean towards. It could be neither or both, just depending on situation. So that'll be interesting to see what the Jaguars are going to do. But they definitely have a coach that is used to running with a committee-style approach of running back. So it may kind of be in his wheelhouse of utilizing all of them. We'll kind of see how that goes. Real, I just want to say something on that. Hmm? Melvin Gordon, you in the way, man. Just stop. Like, I mean, they got—they like, need a backup. Oh, I mean, you need to leave. Go to Atlanta. You need to leave, man. Just get out of there, like you, because you—you—you're doing nothing but handcuffing this guy from taking off. That's it. That's all you're doing. You're in the way. And now, with cool, that being man. said, the Broncos did say that that Williams is going to be the starter, even if they bring back Gordon. They did—they they, they did say that that Williams is going to Javante Williams is going to be their guy. So. And, and that's not that's not gonna do nothing but make more of a headache. Look at the look at the um look at the thing. he missed out on money just being a headache anyway. When he was in uh when, when the Chargers offered him that money, he didn't take that's it. True. Remember? Like he's just that's gonna true. be in the way, man. You in the way. It's proven that Javante, when given opportunity, when you wasn't there, when he get that twenty one carries, that boy that boy an animal. And you just wanna be in the way to, to you stopping the animal from growing. And it's yeah, they need another running back. That's cool. But find one out of this draft. Find some uh find some other uh veteran that can come in and, and, and tutor you. Not some guy that still feel like he's the best dancer in the club too. Like get out of the way, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, my thing with him is are you gonna take less than six million a year? Because he's not gonna get a two year twelve million dollar deal again. If what about Seattle? They, they can't seem to keep a running back healthy. But you can get Richard cheaper than you can you would get you would need Gordon. both. Well, no, I agree with you on that, but you would kind of need you would so, almost need both. So why Melvin wants to go try to be the man somewhere else? Why not go to Buffalo? Atlanta? Atlanta, Atlanta, Buff Atlanta Buff Buffalo would be great. That'd be fire. I think uh, So you see what I'm saying? Like why you want to be in the way? You got this young bull behind. If the Panthers you. trade McCaffrey, the Panthers would be a nice spot for him if they get rid of McCaffrey. Mm. Uh, that's 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 Hubbard right there. That's that's like, I don't think he can handle the workload by himself. Uh, I don't know. But just just spitballing. He's in the way, man. <laughs> That's all. I, that's all I can tell. He's just in the way, man. Like you, let this boy grow, man. Let this flower grow. Because think about it. He's the guy that's everybody like. He's the hot guy. Everybody think about next year that's going to emerge. If Melvin Gordon is there, you're not going to feel quite the same about that emergence. Yeah, that's true. They still maybe, that, maybe that helps us out. Us, us that 
think of it from that perspective. Maybe that helps us out in fantasy because now he's less likely to get drafted where he would if Melvin Gordon was gone. If Melvin Gordon's gone, I honestly think he may be one of the top 10 running backs taken off the board. Oh, for sure. He definitely going to be up there. He's going he gonna to shoot boards. But Melvin, please, man, just go on about your business, man. So now we have to bring to your attention this year's breakouts. Now, this is one of the segments that we kind of define as we go through the offseason based on changes, based on free agents going here or there, rookies going here or there. But this is one of the segments that kind of lends itself to eventually turning into our man's in them type episodes where we'll kind of look at, you know, rookies, veterans, et cetera, see who we're willing to put our name on. But this is how the process kind of starts to verify who we feel we're going to be able to not only get at a value, but they are going to do things that other people just didn't see coming. This is the breakout episode. We're going to go ahead and kick it off with our breakout wide receivers. Bro, Joe, why don't you go ahead and start us out with your breakout wide receivers? Terry McLaurin, I think he's going to definitely bounce back. I got Michael Pittman, but I'm going to spend the most time talking about Donovan Peoples-Jones, a.k.a. Julio. I'm big on him. Like, next year, I'm I know I'm, I'm not even going to move up. I can sit right there between 9 and 12, and I'm quite sure he's going to fall to me, but he's entitled – He's in, no, not entitled. He's going to become the wide receiver one. Unless they go out and get a Burks, which I doubt will fall to them. Unless they get, uh, you know, one of those top echelon receivers, but I doubt it falls to them. He has all the measurables and tangibles to be the guy. And it, to me, and what I noticed a lot during the games, when they needed a huge play, we ain't talking about no dip and dunk. When they needed a huge play, they, you know, him and Baker had this rapport where he, they hit him for 60-yard TD, a 49-yard TD. This kid, he just been underneath, you know, Landry and Odell for so long. I think sky's the limit for him. And then who else is going to be there again, unless they can mm-hmm. move up in the draft? So I love him. That's my uh, I, my my comp to him is Julio. That's a lot of guys I like. I'm gonna give one that um a lot of people they seen the breakout, but I think we're gonna really see it. And that's uh T Higgins, Cincinnati. Of course, Chase is the star receiver on the team. But, you know, Higgins is not too far behind. I mean, he actually was more productive than Chase at the end of the season. Well, Chase is averaging like 19 points a game PPR, and Higgins was averaging 20 points a game PPR. And uh, we we seen we definitely seen how well this guy was playing during the playoffs. They're going to be throwing the ball around a good bit. And I think this guy, he probably fall likely to around the fourth round or so like that in your, in your, in your leagues. But I think that's a great value for someone that can probably finish top 10 in any format. I like it. I like it. I got a couple of guys here that I'm looking at their value more so than their top end scoring, if you will. So I have Rondell Moore. I have Elijah Moore, Kadarius Toney, and Michael Gallup. These are guys that I believe that you are going to be able to get. Like if you choose to go quarterback, tight end, running back, if you if you tackle those positions early and you're looking for wide receivers, these are guys that are still going to be there that can end up giving you wide receiver one production just based on their situations. And it's kind of interesting to me that most of them are in the same or similar situation as to why I feel they're going to break out. The, the talent is there. We, we know that they are all catchers of the ball. They can all stretch the field. But the situation is, like say, for instance, with Rondell Moore, you have A.J. Green, who's a free agent. Christian Kirk is a free agent. 
DeAndre Hopkins, who's one year older and coming off of major injury. So he's kind of the, the the guy there. I mean, he he he's the 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 chain mover, if you will. They're definitely going to utilize Zachar, but I want to say that's going to be more of a red zone type of a scenario, not necessarily a move in the chain type scenario. I see the same type of situation going on with Elijah Moore. He's one of the only guys in town. You have Crowder going, who was the number one receiver for the Jets the last three years running. He had the most receptions and the most yards for that team. They're going to be looking to replace his production. And Elijah Moore is the most talented of the receivers on that particular team. He had injuries to deal with last year, so that kind of hampered him a little bit, which is also going to be one of the reasons why he kind of slips down several boards. Kadarius Toney dealt with injury as well, but when he wasn't injured, we saw the talent there, and nothing makes me believe that the offense is going to take a turn for the worse based on the coaches that they brought in. So if the offense is going to get better and they're looking to get better production from the quarterback, regardless of whether it be Mitch Trubisky or Daniel Jones, I believe that Kadarius Toney is going to be the go-to guy because unlike Kenny Galladay, he's not just a one-trick pony. So I can see him being one of those guys that you can, again, get late. And on any given week, he may be, you know, your best receiver, the receiver that put up the most points for you that particular week. And he had several weeks where he put up 20 points, you know, the upper uh, teens and points as far as this year was concerned. And um, he was injured. Michael Gallup, again, another guy that is stepping into a role where he has to get more production just because he's going to get the ball thrown to him more. Um, He's a good catcher of the ball. He's one of those guys that can get deep, that can get past safeties and things of that nature. And he and Dak Prescott do have quite a bit of a rapport. So I can see them kind of, you know, Taking that to the next step with Amari Cooper being going, I can even see, depending on where Lamb is and his progression, Gallup being the more dependable, although not the most talented of those two starting receivers. So we'll kind of see what goes on there. And then we'll also see what Dallas does in the offseason as far as bringing in a third wide receiver. But those are the breakout wide receivers that we have in mind. And we're going to transition now to the breakout running backs. With the breakout running backs, Young Vander, go ahead and start us out with the guys that you have in mind, whether it be second year, third year, whatever, you know, particular situation, whatever it may be. But let us know who you have as your breakout running back or running backs. All right, this one going to be a little funny because, you know, I like to go a little left here. I don't want to go with it too much of the obvious. I'm going to say Trey Sermon. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, he never got really going this year. Right. Andrew. Uh, right. We're definitely going to see uh, Mostert and Jeff Wilson may not even return to this offense. True. You did have Elijah Mitchell, who was a rookie revelation. But since, you know, Shanahan's the type of guy, you know, no running back has ever led the team in carries two years in a row. Interesting. You know what I mean? So Mitchell do have to prove, you know, about he does have some, some durability issues. So that could very well come into play as well. And I think he gets another year to learn this scheme. And the potential is there. I mean, he's an athlete. I think when they drafted him high for a reason. Yeah. And I he's think the he's the highest running back drafted by Shanahan in like years, maybe right. ever. Third round. Right. So I definitely think he's a guy that you'll definitely be able to get later in your drafts. Hell, who knows? He may be a free agent. I'm sure. Unless, unless, yeah, unless the buzz in the camp start 
you know how that get cooking. Right. And once, if, if camp buzz start cooking up, then that's another thing. But the running backs are just, even just in this offense alone, the running backs going, are going to see better running lanes due to Trey Lance being a running quarterback. True. You know what this I mean? True. So, but yeah, I'm going to go with a, a, a possible really good breakout. Mo Bang for your buck will be Trey Sermon for me. I like it. I like it. Bro, Joe, what you got? My top one is going to definitely be Michael Carter. He really, the first six weeks, we didn't know what was going on, what would be his status with the team. And he dealt with, I think he dealt with an ankle injury. But other than that, like, this kid is incredible. I like his skill set just being the inside runner as well as the receiving role. I honestly think another year in this offense, uh, improvement from this offensive line, we're looking at somebody who could definitely sneak into the top 10, in my personal opinion. So I definitely mm-hmm. favor him. Secondly, I would go to AJ Dillon. Okay. Like, it's a lot of hype behind the, you know, Aaron Jones thing. And honestly, I just don't see it anymore. We just seen a guy to get 19 touchdowns go to this year, sharing the ball almost 50 50. We seen what AJ Dillon does, and he fits what LaFleur wants to do. And I, I, I say it several times LaFleur has said it. He reminds him of Derrick Henry. If that doesn't tell you what he think of Aaron right. Jones, he already know what he got with Dylan. So I love him. The last, I'm going to go with Devin Singletary. I know like we definitely all agree Melvin Gordon be a good fit for the Bills, but let's not get his last sex games with the Bills. I think though for the longest they've had an identity issue. And like we've all agreed, Josh Allen does take a bulk of the rushing. But and a bulk of the, the rushing touchdowns as well. These A averages like eight or nine a year. But towards the end of the year, I think if I'm not mistaken, Devin Singletary was averaging at least two touchdowns the last four games, respectfully, out of the backfield. I like his upside. I remember in our dynasty, that was the first when we had our first draft. That's my first rookie I took. I think, you know, his role there is going to be kind of solidified unless they bring in a top back. But I do like his upside of being somebody in the top 15, top 20 that we can still get value of in the, the seventh to ninth round. So I like him. So those are my couple running backs. Hey, real uh, quick, Zay, can I, can, I throw, can I throw in one more guy real quick? Absolutely. Before you go, another fantasy breakout guy I think people should look out for is uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, okay, okay. I shouldn't uh, have let you go. <laughs> oh, my bad. Damn. No, 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 go my ahead. Because somebody that I thought you were going to talk about, you didn't, so I'll take that guy. Yeah, you know, I just didn't, you know, I just want to throw a guy there and there. I didn't want to go too crazy in depth, but I thought about, like, yo, let me get some people a little substance. But Keyshawn Vaughn, I mean, you got Leonard Fournette. You got Ronald Jones. They both like they're going to hit free agency. So the next man up should be Vaughn. He can definitely favor a wide rise to the occasion. Uh, Bruce Arians even came out and suggested one time that this guy has a future of being a three-down back. So we'll just see if he gives, he's given that opportunity to do such. Hey, Vander, let me ask you a question real quick. What's up? Would this be a good team for uh, Saquon? I mean, yeah. But it depends on the – you could be going from New York to New York, Florida. You know what I mean? It depends on what <laughs> – you know what I mean? It depends on what else is there. Who's the quarterback? Is it going to be Blaine Gabbert? You know what I'm saying? Or like, is it going to be Brady? Like, what's the scenario? So mm-hmm. I think Saquon could be good in a, a lot of places. You know what I mean? He could be good in San Fran. You know what I'm saying? He could be good in a lot of a lot of areas, but um, he could be good with the Dolphins. Yeah, definitely. I yeah. mean, I, I mean, they don't have a running back at all, and it's the same scheme that 49ers is running going down to Miami. So why not That's go true. there? You see what I'm saying? They're taking that same philosophy to Miami, that zone run scheme. So I think the Dolphins would be a super, super great fit for him. 
again, depends on what else is there. Okay. Well, my guys, as far as the running backs are concerned, I have one Mr. J.K. Dobbins. I believe that his injury robbed him of his breakout last year. Um, however, what's going to happen because of that injury, he's going to be one of those guys that gets pushed down draft boards a little bit. And people are going to forget the talent that they, that this guy truly has. Unlike when Mark Ingram was there in his rookie year, there really isn't a third back now. So it's going to be more of a dual back situation with him and Gus Edwards. And I can kind of see them bringing in, you know, based on all the injuries that happened last year, kind of attempting to be a little bit more prepared, maybe bring in a rookie or, you know, something like that, or, or, or maybe even keep a Freeman or somebody like that kind of wait in the wings just in case anything catastrophic happens again. But Dobbins, he's in an offense that runs the ball more than any other team. So even though he's splitting shares, there are a whole lot more shares to split than what you would get in your normal quote unquote committee. I see him being one of those guys that you can pair up with your stud wide receivers from your early rounds and you end up getting production out of that position as if you had drafted him in the early rounds, although you should be able to get him clear into probably, I would say, round four or five, um, giving you the opportunity to get that, you know, a couple of stud wide receivers. Maybe you go stud tight end or you go stud quarterback and then you start to fill in your your running back roster with a J.K. Dobbins, with a Keyshawn Vaughn, with a Mike Carter type running back back um, backfield. And your worst case scenario is, you know, they have guaranteed production. So and what I mean by guaranteed production is they may not be best of the best, but they have to be given a certain amount of carries as long as they're healthy because the role that they have is predicated around them getting a certain amount of carries. So even if a guy isn't the big name, if you can get someone who has a guaranteed role, that's almost just as important if you're looking at secondary running backs that you can get outside of the first couple of rounds. One of the other guys that I have as well, you spoke on him a little bit earlier, Vander, Javante Williams. I believe that regardless of whether Melvin Gordon stays or goes, Javante Williams is about to have a hell of a year. He's one of those guys that as long as there's a semblance of a passing game, he can go from the 20 to the end zone and carry two people on his back while doing it. So it's one of those things where as long as you can keep the offense on the field, this guy can hit a home run at any time. It's just a matter of how many at-bats are you going to give him, if you will, throughout the course of a game versus all these three and outs because your quarterback play is ass. I really believe that regardless of which direction the Broncos go, their quarterback play is definitely going to be significantly better, even if it isn't Aaron Rodgers or a Deshaun Watson type of situation. As Vander alluded to a little earlier, even if they can get a Daniel Jones type, it would put them in a much better situation than the one that they are currently in. If they end up going with a Jameis Winston type, there are some QBs out there right now, more so than normal if you guys can kind of I can't really think of many years in the past where I can just name several starting quarterbacks that are just there to be had with tight ends I guess I'll go ahead and kick it off I have Irv Smith of the Vikings I have Adam Troutman of New Orleans and then I have Kyle Pitts and the one that I'm going to spend the most time speaking on is going to be Kyle Pitts I know he had a, a great rookie season or a record-breaking rookie season but I don't believe we saw from him what he is actually going to be capable of. I believe 
next year or this coming year is going to be the year that he thrusts himself into the rankings of your upper echelon tight ends just in general, not just to be a rookie, but of the tight end position in general. I can actually see him being top three between he, Kittle, and Waller. I can see them kind of rounding out the top three this year. So that's Kelsey. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I apologize. I apologize. Wow. Kelsey, then I would actually, I would say I, I'd boot out Kittle. I would say Kelsey, Waller, and Pitts, and then Kittle being the fourth. And the reason for that is normally, unless Debo is hurt, Kittle doesn't really go off. They, they kind of split. Like when one does really well, the other doesn't really have the same role in that game. Kittle does a whole lot of blocking when Debo and other counterparts in that offense are held. Um, but I still believe he would be up there as far as the tight end position is concerned. But I do see Kyle Pitts as being a top three tight end this coming year. You know, tight end, of course, is a slippery position. (laughs) But I got a guy. uh, Let's go with Dan Arnold. Um, Okay. With six games with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, this guy, he enjoyed like an 18% target share, which was second most on the team. Uh, He averaged like 11 yards a, uh, a catch. And with that quick chemistry building type of thing, I mean, it seemed like Lawrence was kind of happy, you know, to have him there. They kind of clicked pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah. And uh, with new head coach Doug Peterson coming in, what are we talking about? Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard. You see what I'm saying? This is true. So I think in that offense that he has, that that Doug Peterson runs, the tight end is usually a, a really key, a key party. So definitely fantasy fiends. I definitely think Dan Arnold could be a guy that's going to go undrafted. So if you like me, sometimes I go zero tight end when I draft, uh, which means I won't, know, I won't draft a tight end at all. And then I'll just grab one maybe with the very last pick or something like that. And this will probably be a guy that will be staring you in the face at that very last pick that probably can give you some really good production at the tight end spot. And grabbing that guy as your tight end, also makes you water instead of stone. And what I mean by that is when you see that breakout, and it happens almost every year. Last year, it was Dalton Schultz. And, I mean, excuse me. It was uh, Dawson Knox and uh, Schultz that kind of showed themselves early and were probably on your waiver wires. But because you had a tight end that had a sexy name and most of them end up not doing all that well, um, except your very top guys, you didn't go grab those guys. If you have a, a Darren Arnold or someone in that elk, and you see a breakout with that guy or others, you're more likely to you know, see it for what it is and make moves according. So that's just something else to kind of keep in mind. Uh, what you got on tight end, Joe? Harrison Bryant for Cleveland. If okay. Njoku, that's if Njoku leaves. I think this guy, one of the highly talked up uh, tight ends during his draft, but not even taking away what he did in the draft, but just what he did on the team. He had quite a, he had a big role in there, especially getting touchdowns. I think he had three touchdowns this season, considering they gave all that money to Austin. Austin Hooper and Njoku being somebody they brought on a fifth-year option. You move Njoku out of the way in a, a team that plays with a lot of two tight end and no wide receivers, I think he's going to be a heavy play. People think he's a blocker. He's not a blocker. He's more in the, you know, the style of not a vertical receiver, but somebody who just does a little bit of everything. And I think his role could expand almost like a cold commit, but he can actually get the receptions in this offense. Uh, but I'm going to go back to Irv Smith for my second one and my final one. I'm so mad for Irv, Irv Smith. He was one. And everybody heard about Irv Smith. NFL.com. Kirk Cousins has a podcast. Was going raving about this kid. He was going probably, he probably almost had a thousand yards this season had he been healthy. I know that's talking crazy, but it's, it's very possible. He's, he, that nigga get busy. I'm, I, I'm sorry I got to drop the first M-bomb, but this nigga get busy. Second like, for I, keeping count. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love, I love all his tangibles. I think Thielen is definitely taking it regressed in his role with this team. Though they do have like ISM and Osborne, Irv Smith just takes the top off the vertical, you know, with his vertical route running ability. And he showed that he can make those touchdowns. People look back at his tape. I think he had four touchdowns the year before last. But some things weren't just he wide open. No, it's acrobatic. It's toe tap. It's, just, you know, how he gets his touchdowns is great. And we already have Kirk Cousins already speaking to you towards where you would have been and where he thought you would be uh, during that offseason. You already know that he's going to take a good step up. So I like him because most people are going to, to trend towards who we already discussed or to the popular consensus. But to Zay points, so if somebody like Zay who takes a tight end last, he might be between picks 12 and 16. So it fits right into that mold that you can just look at other skill positions first. And lastly, we have quarterbacks. With quarterbacks, I actually only have two guys. I have Daniel Jones and I have Justin Fields. So with Daniel Jones, I believe either way we slice it, his situation is going to be better, whether he stays in New York or whether he goes to one of these quarterback needy teams, because the quarterback needy teams this year, fortunately, have just about everything else. If he ended up being the quarterback for the Steelers, upgrade. Ended up being the quarterback for the Broncos, upgrade. Ended up being the quarterback for the Panthers, touch and go, but better receivers, more reliable receivers. Moore would be, in my opinion, uh, DJ Moore would be the best receiver that he's played with to this point. So I believe that Daniel Jones is going to be in a better situation either way we slice it, and especially if Carolina were to keep Christian McCaffrey, so that that, that would give him his Saquon type, if you will. Um, I, I, CMC is, in my opinion, better than Saquon. So um, it would definitely give him some toys to play with no matter what situation he finds himself in. I, I just don't foresee him not having a starting job. Looking at it from that perspective, I believe he's one of the breakout quarterbacks. And if you look at, Evander has alluded to the fact that he is underrated with his athleticism. He gets down, he gives you those running points like some of the other quarterbacks do that you give credit for running. We just don't really give him that same credit. He has the capability. Keep your eye on that. Justin Fields, he's going to be in a much better situation as far as coaching is concerned, as far as scheme is concerned. I believe that they'll figure out the wide receivers. Mooney is a is actually Mooney should be on the breakout list for wide receivers. He just missed the cut for me. This is again one of the deepest drafts as far as wide receivers is concerned. They're going to be able to get the receivers that are necessary. They may even get him one of his receivers from Ohio State. We've seen that as a trend um, here in the last couple of years. And if he gets Wilson or Olave, it's game over. I'm telling you right now. Those are my two guys. I'm I'm definitely I could give a whole bunch of quarterbacks, but I definitely want to use my time to talk up Trevor Lawrence. I've I've been trying to get him in Dynasty, but this applies for regular football too. This is not your QB one, but this is somebody who definitely will exceed expectations year two. I love the marriage of Doug Peterson and Mike McCoy. And to give context to the listeners, like, yes, like last year, I was talking like Joe Lamb, Joe Lamb, oh my God, it's going to be good for Herbert. Oh my God, it's going to be good for Mike Williams. And then we actually saw that come to fruition. Going to, we're going to go by what I kind of do with coaches. Doug Peterson, we've seen what he's done leading them up to the Super Bowl, helping them win the Super Bowl, uh, everything and such. But he's a good quarterback person by himself. Mike McCoy, same thing. This guy does a phenomenal job with quarterbacks. Great job. And I think that's one of the underwhelming things for Lawrence. We already knew he was raw, but he needed a lot of tutelage to kind of 
really show his skill set and be really well. So I love that pairing. He has a plethora of weapons, and I don't think that they're done adding weapons to that team, especially with Shark uh, being out of the fold. Even though they got Treadwell, they still got Chanel, a few other pieces. I would not be surprised if they go out there and get another wide receiver and a, a, a comparable tight end, because though I like Dan Arnold, that doesn't stop them from going to get another tight end. Lawrence already shows us he can run, but I think this year he's going to push 4,500 yards passing easily uh, in a Doug uh, Peterson offense. Listen, man, if you want to break out quarterback, look no further than Trey Lance. Breaking news. The 49ers are expected to have interest in trading for Browns tight end Austin Hooper. Continue. I like that. Uh, it's like I was saying earlier, right? The two tight end set. Like, look no further than Trey Lance, man. I mean, this guy is expected to take over for Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, he had, he's a special talent. We all seen that. He appeared in three games as a rookie. Two of those games, he had uh, at least 22 fantasy points. So, see, people don't pay attention. People, they, they say, oh, well, this guy ain't ready to do that. 22 fantasy points in two games. Um, you see the, the you can see the, the glimpses of greatness, you know, jumping off the film when he's on the field. He had at least 31 yards rushing in all three of those appearances. So this guy has a threat to run, which is always gold when it comes to a quarterback in fantasy. And in my opinion, I really think this guy can be a top 10 quarterback when uh, when it's all said and done. I think he'll finish. If he's given the, the, the job and he starts the complete season, he'll be a top 10 quarterback in his league in fantasy for sure. I'm behind that one. Like I remember um, just recently they kind of leaked some of the the 49ers practice and the throws he was making. Which Kyle Shanahan and shit on him at times. The throws he's made, I understand his practice or whatever, but I still extrapolate to what he's done in his, his couple starts. He got an arm, man. There's no question he has the arm talent. He does present a, a good threat as a runner, you know, as a runner as well, paired with our running backs. I love that play for Lance because that's another person you're going to find between 10 and 12, you know, that you just sit there and just chill out. Still right. get your runner, your quarterback wherever, but that is, I love Trey Lance taking a step up. I, I hope they get a wide receiver so uh, you can play in the slot. That's all y'all, y'all get another wide, a stud wide receiver. Forget about it. For someone like myself, that uh, a lot of times I'll go like a, I'm a two quarterback league, and a lot of times I'll go uh, zero quarterback if you want to call it that. Uh, but uh, when I when I do go that, this is the type of quarterback you want to have as your starter. So if you can fill out your team with all these great skill players and still get a top tier type of quality quarterback, this would be the guy. I mean, the name not is going to be as high as the other guys, but the production very well um, will be there. Like I said, man, anytime you have a quarterback that's a threat to run, they're pretty much gold when it comes to this uh this fantasy game. So definitely look into that, guys. And that wraps up our breakout. We're going to have several other shows in this same vein that we're going to bring attention to players that you may not actually be paying enough attention to. I mean, with that being said, make sure you stay vigilant of those waiver wires. Um, a lot of people are going to be making drops in the next couple of weeks as we lead up to the NFL draft and the rookie drafts for Dynasty Leagues. In many cases, people make the wrong moves, right? Right now is where a lot of IR spots are, even if a guy is still hurt, they don't have that designation. And if your commissioner is on top of it and you have illegal rosters, they're forcing people to make moves at this point to avoid that illegal roster. That again can bring some life to that waiver wire. And maybe some of those guys at the tail end of your bench, you can kind of make moves on. So we're definitely going to make sure that you are 
up to date on all of the best tips and tricks as fantasy in general comes. And as more things happen in the real world of football, it'll kind of help us kind of sort out the tea leaves, if you will, and give you the best advice possible. If you're looking for us on the social media sites, Facebook, it's the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group. On IG, Fantasy Football Fiend, and Twitter, Fantasy underscore fiend. We out.